The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. The Writer Files is brought to you by Studio Press, the industry standard for premium WordPress themes and plugins. Built on the Genesis framework, Studio Press delivers state-of-the-art SEO tools, beautiful and fully responsive design, airtight security, instant updates, and much more. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 177,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress right now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. These are the writer files. A tour of the habits, habitats, and brains of working writers. From online content creators to fictionists, journalists, entrepreneurs, and beyond. I'm your host, Cal Reed, writer, podcaster, and mediophile. And each week, we'll discover how great writers keep the ink flowing, the cursor moving, and avoid writer's block. Wildly prolific, best-selling novelist Dean Wesley Smith has been a full-time writer since the 80s, and he made a visit to the show to talk with me about how he's written and ghostwritten hundreds of titles over the years. In addition to being the CFO of a traditional publisher, he's a non-fiction author, educator, and multi-genre writer whose short fiction has appeared in over 20 anthologies. Dean shared with me the habits and habitats of a hyper-prolific fictionist who's also written dozens of Star Trek novels, film novelizations, and a handful of licensed properties for favorites like Smallville, Spider-Man, X-Men, Aliens, and Men in Black. Join us for this two-part interview. And if you missed the first half, you can find it at writerfiles.fm and in the show notes. In part two of the file, Dean and I discuss the midnight disease of a highly prolific author, how to find the intersection of creativity and entertainment, why writers must never stop learning, the courage required to dare to be bad, and why great writers aren't always the best dinner guests. So um, are you a writer who leans into procrastination or do you have some practices for kind of getting the butt in chair? Oh, well, I just, when I'm finally, I'm done with the day, 
um, I'm I'm the CFO of, of a publishing company, and 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 so, you know, I do that. I'm CFO of WMG, and and I'm a collector, and and own a couple stores, collectible stores called Pop Culture Collectibles, and so I'm. I'm I'm an old shiny kind of person. I you know if if there's something else to do, I go do it. But usually, why and one of the reasons I write at night is, you know, by midnight or so, one o'clock in the morning, there's not much left to do, and I just turn around and sit down in my chair and start writing. So, but yeah, if 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 I tried to write during the day, I would procrastinate, and I'd never get anything done. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. wouldn't happen because there's so many other oh shiny things to do. Yeah, yeah, love that. Well. um, how does Dean Wesley Smith unplug at the end of a long day? Um, actually, writing is just so much fun. It's like other people read a book to go to bed. And since writing for me is just like reading, I just can shut it off and go to bed. I, I really don't have anything other than I give my cats a snack on the way to bed. But that's <laughs> <funny. laughs> pretty much I, I'm no help at all on that one. Well, I'd love to dig into your creativity if you want to keep going here. Sure. Excellent. How do you personally define creativity kind of in your own, your own uh, estimation? That's, that's actually a really tough question um, because creativity, I think we all you know, function in it in our own world from every kind of small decision we make you know, on a day-to-day basis. There's always some creativity in it. Um, trying to pull that word apart and 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 apply it only over in one little area of our life is is probably not really accurate because we we really are creative throughout our life and through every, throughout our day every day we all make decisions that have some sort of level of you know a decision point a creative point in it um, I think creative creativity is is entertainment you know um, the way I look at it in writing yeah. um, I just really keep coming back to entertainment it, it's uh, it's a way of entertaining other people. And so I just let my mind go wild. And I don't know where this stuff comes from sometimes. You know, I'm, sometimes people say I write on the planet Dean, which means nobody else could write some of the stuff I do. And just, you know, which I kind of take as a compliment. And I'm not sure where it comes at. I just think I'm creative all day long. It's yeah. like being an architect, you know, and, and, and I have a master's degree in architecture. Yeah. And I would go to, you know, you go to work every day as an architect you're creative from moment one all the way through. Sure, there are times you're sitting down and actually designing something, but as an architect, you're making those small and large decisions moment one all the way through the whole day. Yeah. So I find creativity in building businesses. I find creativity in, in searching for things that are collectible, you know, kind of a picker type of person. Yeah. I find it all creative. That's cool. Um, I don't know why we just came across my kind of uh, uh screen was the uh the movie inception um the kind of the world building that they do in that movie and they're they're of course uh using architects to kind of build these dream worlds which yeah. which uh reminds me of your work i suppose yeah <laughs> kind of in a way yeah <laughs> well when do you personally feel the most creative oh after midnight yeah. because i'm i'm all all of the um critical stuff is gone all the critical voice, all the, cause I'm tired, you know? And so midnight, one o'clock, I'm, I'm tired. And the critic, when I get tired, the critical voice shuts off, but the creative voice is really still going strong. And you know, the subconscious voice, the, the get to play voice. And so when I get tired, I, it just, it just is the best time for me. 
lot of people say, oh, I can't write when I'm tired. And I'm thinking, well, no, that's maybe your best time to write because that way it's, you're, you're not blocking yourself. You know, just, just let it go and you just say, oh, I'm tired. I don't care. And the minute you have that attitude, I don't care, sometimes that releases that creative voice. Hmm. And, uh, and so my best time is after midnight, from midnight to six in the morning, which is why I can go right to bed afterward is because I've written until I'm exhausted and then I can fall asleep. That's really interesting. Um, it reminds me of a book by a neurologist, I think, called The Midnight Disease. It's something I experienced actually in, in creative writing school where I was only only really able to be prolific kind of right around the witching hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of people, it, it shuts down that critical voice yeah. that stops us. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that quiet of the dead of night. Yeah. Um, well, phone doesn't ring either. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Do you have a, a creative muse right now? Something that's kind of uh, inspiring you a little bit? Trying to, get, <laughs> trying to just get back up to speed on the writing. Winters are my worst time because we have a lot of things going on in the business and, and work. We have a huge workshop in the last part of February and that really takes my attention. And, and, um, I, um, winters are never been my good time. Um, and when I was younger, I went skiing, I was a skier. And so I would always be skiing in the winter. And so I'm, I'm not very, I tend to get back up to speed in March. I mean, I write mm. 12 to 15 books a year. Um, but I don't, don't tend to do much in the winter. <laughs> I've been on the same 50,000-word novel for, for about four months now, which tells you how little I've done in the last four months. Yeah, yeah. Those, those cold, gray Oregon winters. So, yeah, so to answer your question, my muse is the spring and summer and fall. Nice, nice. Um, so when you're, what do you think personally makes a writer great? Oh, the inability to quit. Um, the, the ability to keep learning and the ability to stand up after you get knocked down. Um, the long-term writers, the, the writers that we all admire, that have been, you know, they're around forever and ever and ever, they're the ones that just never stopped. I stopped many times, but I always started again. You know, that, that was the thing is I, you know, I, I quit writing four or five times along the way hmm. and then would start again. And, um, the great writers like, oh, well, like, you know, people that we admire that are working right now, the, the George Martins and the Kevin Andersons and people who are my friends, basically, you know, I asked them oh, about eight, nine years ago at a convention, I said, how many times were you on the floor that you just didn't think you could sell another book, nothing was ever going to work, you were done with writing, and all of them said three to four times over a 25 or 30 year period. And that was pretty much for me too, it was about four times for me. And <laughs> The good writers, the ones that we remember, the ones that are great, are the ones that keep learning and never stop. Or when they do stop, they start again. Yeah, it's a great message. Um, do you have a couple favorites right now? Some some writers that are uh, sitting on your your nightstand. Boy, um, <laughs> I'm in the moment of I'm I'm again right now in one of those phases where I'm rereading. The Travis McGee series by by John D. McDonald. Hmm. Uh, that was just a, 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 an unbelievably well written and um, skilled series of books that John D. McGee. You know, John is dead, but um, the Travis McGee series lives on. And if you're a mystery writer, you pretty much restudy the Travis McGee series every four or five years. And it just so happens that right now I'm in the middle of one of that. One of those periods. I, I've read those books so many times, and I still see things I didn't see the first time through. Mm -hmm. In writing skill, as I get better as a writer, 
I see things that I didn't see that, that McDonald was doing with that series and with that character. So I'm still reading the Travis McGee series once again. <laughs> Some well-worn territory, but sometimes yeah. that's the best, best oh, reading. Amazing learning. Do you have a best loved uh, quote kind of hanging over your desk right now or, or in your subconscious? Um, well, the, Nina Creaky Hoffman, the fantasy writer, um, she and I kind of came up together, um, started off together in a, in a beginning, beginning workshop actually way back. And um, she said something that has stuck with me for years and years and years. That's dare to be bad. Um, dare to be bad is, is the attitude of it takes more courage to write something and release it out into the world than it does to write something and then rewrite it and then rewrite it and then put it in a drawer. You know, you have to dare to put stuff out. You have to dare to be bad. Sometimes you miss, sometimes you hit. You don't know. We're, you know, we're worst judges of our own work, but dare to be bad is the, is the uh, quote that really sticks with me. And it really frees you up when you get, you know, you're, you're get that critical voice going and, oh, this isn't good enough. And this isn't, it takes more courage to just release it than it does to keep messing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. You got time for a couple of fun ones. Sure. Fire. All right. Um, as a hybrid author yourself, do you call yourself a hybrid author or is that? Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm. yeah, I sell, I sell to, I don't sell anything more to traditional novel publishers, but I sell all the time to traditional short fiction publishers and, you know, into anthologies and, and into things like that. And, um, and, and of course, WMG is a, is a middle-sized traditional publisher. So, you know, I'm selling to them all the time, but, uh, I don't sell to the big five anymore simply because their contracts are too bad um, and they treat you so poorly. But uh, um, even someone who's been around as long as I have, you know, when they, when they start treating someone who's published 35 novels through their press alone, like pocketbooks, I'd sold 35 novels to pocketbooks and got a form rejection. You don't do that to people like me. Um, and so, you know, that was the kind of stuff that, that uh, um, I don't do anymore. So I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a paper book person, yeah. but I am a hybrid writer. Yeah. Yeah. So do you prefer the feel of a paper book uh, for reading or ebook yeah, or, or both? I'm yeah. a collector. Yeah. I, I, I read all the time, you know, on, on my computer and on other devices and on my iPad and stuff, but you know, novels, if I'm going to sit down and enjoy something, I pick up a paper book, I buy a paper book and therefore we have, you know, <laughs> rooms and rooms and rooms full of shelves of paper books. Yes. Chris is, we both of us, my wife and I both go back and forth, you know, between paper and, and electronic, but pretty much if we're reading for pleasure, we read paper. Do you have a favorite literary character of all time? No, Travis McGee. <laughs> there isn't even a doubt <laughs> on that one. Travis McGee. John D. McDonald was the author. Travis McGee was the character. I'll have to link to those as well. Um, if you could choose an author from any era in time for an all-expense-paid dinner, uh, to your favorite spot, where do you think you would go, and with whom would you dine? Boy, well, interestingly enough, um, I ended up having dinner with one of my all-time favorite writers, Lawrence Block. Um, it was at the Edgar Awards, and um, um, one year, my wife Chris was up for uh, an Edgar. We were sitting at the Ellery Queen table, and the person who came over and sat down next to me was Lawrence Block. 
And um, I was, of course, the significant other. He didn't know I was a writer. He knew Chris was a writer. He didn't know I was a writer. And I'm sitting there, and I was so tongue-tied, I couldn't, I couldn't get a word out because he was literally one of my all-time favorite writers. And he was sitting beside me. So for two and a half hours, I couldn't say a word. <laughs> I just <laughs> sat there. And he ended, up, he ended up reading a book. He was bored. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I just sat there. And, and since then, he and I have gone back and forth, you know, on email and stuff. And, and he keeps promising that we're going to go out to dinner and actually talk to each other uh, someday. <laughs> But uh, he had no idea who I was. I he and I and I thought he was a god, so I couldn't. So I would probably pick Lawrence Block. I'd love to go to dinner somewhere in New York. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, I, I hear that so often from writers that say, you know, if I actually did meet my hero, I'm sure it would be probably different than the, than the uh, uh, idea we have in our heads about yeah. it, because so many writers are introverted and and. Like you said, kind of uh, would rather write a, read a book at dinner yeah. <laughs> than speak to strangers. Yeah, well, he had nobody to talk to. We were sitting at the end of the table. And he had nobody to talk to, and he had, and I couldn't get a word out. <laughs> what am I going to say? I'm going to turn to him and say, "Hi, I've sold over a hundred books traditionally. You know, yeah. I'm not as many as you have, but you know, it just it, I could never get the conversation, and I couldn't make myself say anything. So yeah, it, yeah, I was just so gosh wowed, tongue tied. That's cool. Um, well, you've mentioned a couple of fetishes, or at least one, um, in your collection of. I'm assuming you have some kind of first editions or some older uh, books. Do you have any other writers' kind of fetishes that you keep around for inspiration? Hmm. No, nothing for inspiration um, that I can think of. We just have lots and lots and lots of books, and we sell them too. We also have a, a, a bookstore that's part of one of our stores. I mean, I have about 50 or 60 of my traditional published covers stuck around the ceiling. Oh. And every so often I'll look up at those and kind of go, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> kind of when you get stuck and say, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this again. Then you look up and I go, oh, look at all those books I have written. I guess I can do this. <laughs> so past that, I don't think I have anything really. That must be inspiring. And, uh, well, I mean, this is stuff that you talk about, I think, in your lectures and, and uh and on your blog, but can you offer any advice to fellow writers on how to keep the ink flowing and the cursor moving? Yeah, get to, um, get to a computer that's dedicated to writing. That will do you more good than you'll ever imagine. I, I, I've said that to people, and then they'll come back and write letters to me and say, oh, Dean, you were so right. That makes all the difference. Because you get the games off your computer, you get the email, you get all the distractions that brings the critical brain up. And you can just sit and be creative. The other one is I would suggest is, is, you know, trying to set some time every day to write. Look at your schedule. You know, look at your world. Look at your family. Look at all the other things that are going on. And then try to say, okay, I've got 30 minutes over here. And then when you got that 30 minutes, protect it. Sit down and write. And, uh, and don't do email. Don't do games. Don't, you know, check Facebook. Just <laughs> write. You know, and, and it'll do amazing wonders for you because it just a little bit here and a little bit there adds up to many, many novels. Yeah. It does. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a really great message to end on for writers to keep going, keep yeah, writing. Just, just keep going. Write more and write better. I think I'm quoting you. But thank you so much for taking time. Where can uh, fellow scribes connect with you out there? Oh, at, at deanwesleysmith.com. You're more than welcome um, Take comments on all of my daily blogs and all of the topics of the night, because I'll often do a topic of the night, whether sometimes I do it as a major post and sometimes I just do it inside the blog. 
um, you know, and and I'm actually getting the website around. I also do a monthly magazine that uh, you know that you can find my fiction in every month. Um, you, you know, I have a, an original novel and four short stories and a serial novel every month that I put in this my magazine. It's called Smith's Monthly. Um, but mostly my website, Dean at Dean Wesley or DeanWesleySmith.com, and my email address is Dean at DeanWesleySmith.com. I really appreciate you taking the time out to wrap with me on the podcast. It's been a, a true pleasure, and um, I will link to that and um, some of the other notes that we mentioned on the podcast. So again, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. It's it's been fun. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks so much for joining me for this half of a tour through the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on iTunes to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to just leave a comment or a question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Bye.